Good morning, everybody. It's uh, good to have you this morning, this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, last week, we talked comic books with a friend of mine. Uh, today, we talked to a comic in the uh, form of D.D. Ingram from the D.D. Ingram Show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm a little frustrated, <laughs> but I think I'm okay now. Man. <laughs> you know, I'm technologically uh, illiterate, so it took me a minute to uh, figure out how, thanks to you, I was able to sign on. But uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you were able to make it. I'm glad uh, uh, we're, we're able to do this because uh, what, what happened here? Oh, I see what happened. Yeah. You're not the only one who's got technical issues <laughs> happening, happening this morning. Let me do this real quick. There we go. That's a little bit better. This morning, I happen to have my uh, super dad cup with me. Give me one I have my coffee. You. I've got millions of cups. Uh, every Father's Day, Mother's Day, birthday, grandparents' day. I'm not even a grandparent. I get a coffee cup from one of the kids. So, Not a bad deal. <laughs> not a bad deal at all. So, All I get from my kids is a request for money, man. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> any day, Father's Day, Christmas, Mother's Day. It's all the same, man. Daddy, give me some money. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So how's it been? How's it going, man? It's been a while. It has been a while, man. Matter of fact, longer than a while. It's been years, man, since you and I have uh, seen or talked to each other, man. I think the last time we saw each other was when I was working on your project, Sherlock Hernandez, many, many, many. Oh, yeah, ago. that was. Yeah, that was a lifetime ago. I think uh, you know, being being as old as we are, last century. Right, right. Yeah. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say, let there be light. You did Sherlock Hernandez, man, because we needed the light to do in order to do the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I know you've got the, you, you have your show, the D.D. Ingram Show on the Fishbowl Network. Tell uh, tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a show that I started probably about 12 or 13 years ago. It's a basically a show that I like to describe as living room conversation that we invite people to listen to. And it's not unlike what we're doing right now. It's yeah. not a set format or anything. I just have people come in the studio and we just talk about whatever. That sounds great. I, I've listened to it uh, several times uh, in the past 12 years, probably uh, a few. <laughs> right. You know, I just, uh, I get a little busy sometimes and, and I don't find myself an opportunity. Uh, but when I do, uh, I, I, I try to stop in and say hi or, or drop a comment here and there, you know, while the conversations are going on on the Facebook, which uh, anybody watching live now on Instagram or Facebook, you can drop a comment and we'll be happy to respond to it if, uh, if we uh, recognize that it comes through over here in the comment section. And, uh, that's what you do, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you, you you pick a topic or, or something comes up in the news, and then uh, you and uh, you and the gang uh, have a little roundtable and uh, take cues from the audience as they're listening in, and and uh, just expand on the conversation, huh? That's pretty much how it goes. And sometimes it could be something that uh, a topical subject is something that we've seen in the news, and then sometimes we'll just come in and just, hey, how's what's life like for you right now? You know, what's going on? And uh, just like you said, uh, people type in comments and we try to acknowledge anybody that types anything in the comments. The show hadn't got so large to where we can't say we can't go out here and comment on everything. So if we see somebody such as yourself pop in in the comments, then we'll stop whatever we're talking about. And then we'll say hello. Thank you for joining the D.D. English show. And then, you know, of course, you could have your input. And then sometimes what the people type in the comment section may change the direction of the conversation or it may enhance or, you know, we very, very rarely have people say negative things. As a matter of fact, it's, I probably think it's happened a couple of times in the 13 years. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle those uh, negative conversations? Well, I, I just uh, diplomatically as I possibly can, you know, my show is a, uh, I like to say it's family friendly. We we can uh, talk about anything, but you have to do it in such a way that uh, 
I like to say that my kids could listen, well, my grandkids now could listen to the show. And if it's something that they can't listen to, we'll give you a heads up and say, okay, well, this subject, it's not for the kids. But even if it's, subject, if it's a subject that's not for the kids, we still try to do it in a, uh, as uh, clean or clear, as concise a manner as we possibly can. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like vulgar language, and so I try to stay away yeah. from it. Yeah, I've, I've been on a, a couple of podcasts as a as a guest, and uh, the the language can get pretty salty on occasion uh, for some of these guys, and uh, some of them thrive on the uh, conflict uh, that happens when you take a uh, uh, a hot topic, if you will, and turn it on its head, and they will take uh, uh, what I consider a divisive uh, stance just to get a conversation rolling, you know? So uh, there's different flavors out there. Uh, and um, I've always enjoyed the, uh, the, the DD Ingram show uh, while listening in. Uh, again, it's, it's on the uh, face uh, fishbowl radio, fish radio network. network yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, tell them, tell me about the crew you got. My, oh, I saw it, it's a, there's a picture of four of us that you have up here on the screen. The, the young lady in the, uh, I guess the form of red T-shirt. I don't know what they call it. She's no longer with it. Uh, the show consists of me, my wife, and a young man that's on the far right is my nephew, and so he's in every other week because he's a you know he's a coach dad, so he's coaching his sons and everything, soccer, football, basketball, and so when those seasons roll around, he'll try to come in as often as he can. But when they're not doing anything sports related. Then he's there every week. And uh, the most consistent thing about the D.D. Ingram show is D.D. Ingram. I've had a number of crew changes over the years, but uh, from day one to, to now, I'm the one that's in the studio consistently. And in 13 years, I probably haven't missed 10 shows. So, I'm <laughs> so uh, and, you, and you're still doing comedy. I uh, recently, well, not recently retired. I retired four years ago. And so I wasn't able to do it while I was working as much as I'd like to. Uh -huh. uh, Post-retirement, I started doing it again. And I found out it's not the same as uh, I left it. And so I'm finding myself, I'm still enjoying myself because there's a comedy club in Dallas called the Backdoor Comedy Club. Where mm -hmm. I get a chance to get on stage and do five to ten minutes every weekend until other gigs come up, and so, but uh, I, I'm not working clubs anymore. It's a lot more difficult to get into clubs these days than it was when I first started. So, is it because the audience taste has changed in in the terms of humor? No, I, I haven't found that the. Uh, I mean, of course, you got a lot of young guys coming up that can uh, identify with younger people. But my comedy, I, it's uh, across the board. It's not for me particular that the uh, humor has, I mean, that the audience don't get my humor. As a matter of fact, I'm probably one of the favorite comics at the back door. I had a couple of gigs this past weekend, both of them down in the Waco Belton area where I did very well. So it's not an issue of whether my, com my comedy has been left in the past. It's just uh, the way that you get into comedy clubs is different now with the technology and having to have what I don't even know. They don't even do EPK, what, electronic promo kits or whatever they call them anymore. Yeah. So it's it's uh, a, a lot of the ways to get into clubs now is by referral. You know, or you can go out there and do the hustle game like we did back in the day where you did all of the open mics every Monday through Sunday, and then you do enough of them enough times, then you get an open mic, I mean, an MC position in the club, and you can work your way up from there. But mm -hmm. kind of referral. So I could – you know, if you have like a, a feature or a headliner that says, I would like this person to open or feature for me, then that's the best way to get these days. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know what? I, I hadn't really considered that the, uh, uh, the, the mechanics in the back end would change so much. I mean, I, I know that with films, uh, you do use uh, the uh, electronic press kits a lot uh, to send those out and, and get those out in front of the eyes that, uh, uh, that pay the bills on those things. Right. Uh, but I hadn't considered that the clubs would be doing the same thing to filter out. Well, not necessarily filter out, but uh, to, to make a faster uh, judgment on who to give the time to, because time is precious enough. 
right. in, in a, on the stage. And uh, even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, you want to be a, a little conservative and make sure you're getting the most out of that time period on stage. Yeah. And like any business, the uh, objective is to get what they say uh, butts in the seats because uh, particularly in the comedy clubs, comedy is a, an added attraction, but the, uh, the primary goal is to sell liquor. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, com- the comedy is a benefit. And so the people that can get the most seats and uh, most butts in the seats, you know, and a lot of people have uh, turned to the Internet to uh, build audiences. And so that's a number of ways. That's another way that they get in. You know, the clubs look out there and mm-hmm. say, oh, this guy has a huge following. So because of his huge following, funny or not, you know, most of them are funny, but that's not a prerequisite nowadays, man. So funny or not, this guy can bring people into the club. And all we're trying to do is get them in the club, sell them some liquor, sell them some popcorn, yeah. you know, so we can make money, so we can turn around, you know, and pay the comics, you know. But that's that's the that's the bottom line, man. How many people can this particular person bring to the comedy club so that we can make money? Is it still a two-drink minimum? It's still a two-drink minimum. <laughs> In Mexico, you know, and that's basically how they they uh, make the money is by with the two drink minimum. And then that's in the B room, but if you excuse me, I have allergies. But if you're in the A room, you know they make their money that way as well as they have a pretty good uh, food item menu. And so mm-hmm. you get steak, lobster, shrimp, you know, anything that you can get in a really nice in a real nice restaurant. You know, in a in a club, say like the Improvs that we have here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, uh-huh. so you. But the B rooms, you know, you're gonna get some, you know, you know, wings, you know, tater skins and stuff like that, man. Not bad if you're into that kind of stuff, but uh, but that's the difference between, you know, the the amount of money that they raise and the the, uh, the type of comics that they can bring into the room because the A list, the A rooms can bring the top comics in. The B rooms can get some of them, but they get funny comics, but they're not the A listers. Yeah, yeah. So on your show, you have uh, do, do do you have guests on uh, every now and then? I do. Whenever I can find someone who's uh, interested in coming in, and I've had a lot of interesting guests, man. I've had some people at the beginning of their careers who are now doing pretty good. Not necessarily, com- but it's not about comedy. Although I have a yeah a number of comics that have come in, but I've had movie producers, authors, actors, the singers, you know, business owners, and so it's you know if you want to come on and you want to. Uh, talk about something that you're doing, then all you have to do is get in touch with me on my uh, Facebook page, which is Demetrius Ingram. I, I need to short that, shorten that because <laughs> most people can't spell my name. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, but I always tell them to go to the D.D. Ingram show page. As a matter of fact, when I invite people to listen, I, I don't tell them to go to the Fishbowl Radio Studio, which I, it's fine because you're just gonna you're gonna get the audio, which is it's still entertaining if you're listening. But I always tell them to go to the Dee Dee Ingram Show page, and then you can watch us live on uh on Facebook. My wife is here. You know, she's on the other side of the can. I don't know if she'll come around here and let you see it. But, uh, <laughs> now that's uh that's uh Facebook.com slash Dee Dee Ingram Show. Dee Dee Ingram. Here's the lovely wife. I don't have an answer for that. Also, that's my co-host that's on the show, and so. You know, you you get a chance to hear her every Tuesday as you know we do this show. So, do, do you have anybody uh, coming up this uh, later this week? Possibly, uh, we was, it's a, an author, and I don't know his name. I could pull it up on my phone, <laughs> but it's somebody that my nephew. It's a uh, one of my nephew's best friend's father, who's wrote a, a book about. Uh, the pos- being positive about pursuing goals is called up. And so it's a bunch of uh, things like that. I wish I, I should have pulled it up, but it's a positive book. He's a minister. And so he's trying to encourage people to pursue your God given talents. Oh, good. Good. That sounds like it's going to be a, a, a really good show to have on or, or a good guest to have on. There. Right. Because in, in this world of negativity, we can use some positivity. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, one of the guests I have coming up tomorrow is uh, Tammy Anderson, who works in uh, film and movie production here in the in the DFW area. She also does stuff at like places like the Gaylord Texan and uh-huh. things like that. And uh, she's very, very, uh, 
she's a really good stage mom. And uh, Friday, we'll be talking with her daughter, uh, Ella Morrow. So uh, I think it's really good to have positive stories, you know, and uh, we try to uh, uh, showcase people here with what they do and, and what they have going on and, and try to make sure that there's a uh, something good to come out of every conversation. Cause I know, I know a lot of people and they're, they're all very interesting and, mm. and uh, you know, it's just sometimes it's good to just sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk with someone cause that you haven't talked to in a while. You know? Right. The, the book is uh, called up the power of up actually. And the author is Donald Finney. And so hopefully he'll get a chance to come in this weekend. My wife just put it up on the phone. She said, that's a, that's a good help meet right there. And he said, Oh yeah. <laughs> cause I, I, like I say, I'm not technologically savvy, uh, nor is my wife. <laughs> on, on some things, she's a lot better than I am. So she's able to help me, assist me in a lot of ways. And so, because if it was up to me, I would still be trying to figure out how to get up on this right here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I picked the easiest system that I could think of to try to put this show together. So, um, you know, because I, I am I used to be the tech savvy guy uh, and not necessarily the tech savvy guy anymore because technology has passed me up. <laughs> well, but no, I wouldn't say that because in light of what you do, man, you still have to kind of stay on top of your game, man, because you have to. Uh, that's no, it's not the power of showing up. It's the power of. Oh, oh well, let me remove that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, you're uh, a filmmaker, and so you have to, you know, not only make sure that the, the setting is proper, but once you do all your filming, you have to go back in and edit and do all that kind of stuff. So you're not, you still have some chops, man. You know, me on the other hand, I push a button, and a lot of times I have to have somebody come in and show me what button to push. Talking is not a problem; it's pushing the button to make sure everything's working. So. I don't I don't know. I just I, I, I don't know what to do now with my kids when it comes to technology, because, you know, it was always the kids who programmed the uh, VCR or the DVD. Or otherwise, it would uh, keep blinking 12. We don't right. have those anymore. So, uh, you know, how do I pass that on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what, it's a great way to punish the kids, man. If you, they do something wrong, then you tell them to go watch the VCR. You know, and then, of course, they had a question. How do I download movies on this? <laughs> <laughs> you should just have a, a room full of old technology and when you want to punish the kids put them in there yeah, so. yeah they start joking around about uh, going outside and touching grass i said while you're out there just pull some weeds right right <laughs> you dry it enough maybe you can smoke it <laughs> you know boy. Kids, don't, kids don't play outside no more I mean, they, they play virtually outside because you know they got these little goggle things that they put on and play games and stuff i couldn't do that i can't i can't stand up and play my video game on my uh xbox because if i stand up because i do a game called destiny which i haven't played in a long time but i try to mm -hmm. play standing up and fell down fell down a number of times and at this age Love you too, sweetie. You know, <laughs> at this age, man, falling it could be an experience. It's not like when I was young. When you were young, oh, yeah. you fall, you get back up. When you're the age that I am now, you fall, your whole life flashed before your eyes. Man. So, that's it's a life changing event, you know. Definitely is. And if you don't have insurance, <laughs> I have I do have the government issued insurance, man, which uh it's not cheap, but uh it could, it could be a bit of a challenge, man, if you uh, oh, fall yeah. down. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was, uh, the, I think it was back in the day, I was still trying to make movies, and uh, I, I was working with a guy named Adrian, and he had me run up these flight of stairs. Uh, for his, It was his shoot, and, and I was just acting in it. And I ran up. They were concrete stairs out in a parking garage, and I went up once, and that was cool, but he wanted right. to do it again. So I walked back downstairs and I ran up again and that was okay. And then uh, he wanted to move the camera, go up to the top and have me run up again. Right. So the third time I ran up, I just felt this pop, 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 pop in my knees. Right. right? But I kept going and he's, you know, I, he got two or three more shots and it got more and more painful as, as we went up. And um, after I, you know, 
the, the pain just never went away. And I went to the doctor and the doctor looked at it and he said, uh, you've got, um, you've shattered the cartilage on the back of your kneecaps wow. and it looks like a spider web back underneath there. And he said, you've got, uh, you've got three options, uh, two for you. You got, uh, you've got the operation option. We can go in, scrape everything out, right. uh, put a new coating in there and, and put it back together. Uh, you can do therapy to try to mitigate the pain and, right. and try to avoid the surgery as long as possible. He said, as long as possible, because it was going right. to come. It's inevitable. <laughs> You're going to have to have the surgery. Right. And then he said, the third thing you could do is the horse option. Hmm. And I said, what's the horse option? And he said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go for option number one, please. <laughs> uh, I, I went with therapy, you know, hmm. so. Did it work out? And, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I haven't had the surgery yet. So, uh, you know, I'm. So I, I guess it's working out okay. Okay, but yeah. I'm not. On I'm, occasion, I can't run. I can't run to the bathroom, man. If it's an emergency, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to change my depend because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna get there in time. Man. <laughs> it happens to everybody, folks. It happens to everybody. It's, and it's, it's amazing because uh, when I think about the things that I was able to do as a young man, I'm not frustrated because in, in the passing of time, things happen. You can't do what you used to do. But yeah. I used to play a lot of basketball, man, and uh, I could dunk, man. When I was since I've been like five, seven, you know, and I was, yeah, I, I was like a kid that go in the gym. And there's nobody would pick me, and then. I'd be on the sidelines dunking, and everybody now everybody won't be to play that. I guess they equivocate dunking with being a good player. It's not. <laughs> it just means that you can jump high. <laughs> not to say that I wasn't a good player. I was actually a decent player. That that leaves me out. Who was that guy? Who was that uh, that guy that was under? He was under five five. Spud, Spud yeah. Oh man, that guy could fly. Yeah, he could. I uh, when I was in high, I missed this particular game. I I went to a uh, Dunbar High School in Fort Worth, Texas, which is known for having one of the best basketball uh, programs in the city of Fort Worth. Or I did during the time when I was in high school. I went to every game. I happened to miss that one game that we played. <laughs> Wilma Hutchins was Spud Webb. At that time, he was five four. And, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. He ran down the court and dunked on uh, our team. Coach benched all little starters. <laughs> Put in the second team, man. He's like, y'all sit y'all behind on this bench, man. How could y'all let this little guy go down the court and dunk on you like that? But it's uh man, he was he was like a little miracle, you know. He was. And then uh when he went to the NBA. I didn't think you. I mean, five, 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 six. I mean, you you up there with giants, man, six four mm -hmm. to seven footers. But he was able to hold his own. And the one oh, yeah. was to his advantage was, uh, ironically enough, was his height because of his quickness. You couldn't really dribble on him because he could take the ball from you. So you had to <laughs> you had to play, and you couldn't really play above his head because his vertical was outrageous. So, yeah. He, he turned out to be a phenomenal player, and probably the shortest player I can remember to playing was Muggsy Bow, who was five three. Mm -hmm. Who uh, had, I mean, you got to have some skills to make it into the NBA. You five three, <laughs> this song, but those are the uh, those are the exceptions, not the norm. Yeah, are you, are you following football this season? Actually, I probably more than I have in many I, many years because for over. 15 years or so, I never watched football. And it's not that I didn't like it. It just, I just stopped watching it for some reason. And then yeah. I probably about three years ago, I said, well, let me start watching. It's always been entertaining. I, but I think one of the reasons I stopped watching is because I stayed away from it from a little while. And over the course of years, you know, I, I, I'm not familiar with a, num a number of the players. And so if you don't know nobody, it's kind of, you know, you can't have a favorite team. Who are you going to pull for? But over the years, yeah. I just uh, I started back, like I say, in the last three years, I started watching it again, and uh, I'm enjoying the game. I can act actually this past weekend, my wife and I watched everything that we could. You know, we was just switching from one game to the next. Whereas when I first started watching, I would only watch Cowboy games. 
But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching a lot of other games. But my favorite sport is uh, college basketball. So I, 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 when college basketball, I sit everything down, and I, I'm going to pick that over football, baseball, pro basketball. It's the college game. It's the game that I like. I'm most inclined to watch. That's a uh, uh, let's see, college is that is, is that where you got the March Madness or is that yes, uh, professional? More, yes. Oh, college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I said everything down for March Madness. Don't call me. Don't come <laughs> by. You know. Don't disturb me. I got my computer, several TVs, my cell phone. I got the March Madness app, the ESPN. I don't want to miss nothing, man. But you know that time period is just. I shut it down. That's all I do. I, I I used to be into to, to basketball and not the college stuff, the pro stuff, but that was uh, that was last century. And uh, just recently, my wife started getting into the uh, fantasy football. I've you know what? My nephew is huge in, in into that, and I think yeah. my son is as well. I mean, she's not watching Thursday night football or anything, but uh, Sunday night she'll go and, and go to the computer and and sit over there and, and check to see how she did over the week. Right, so, right. Yeah, that's the players to get the most yardage, the, you know, the most tackles, and then that's. The, I mean, there's actually a playoff system for fantasy football as well, and so at the yeah. end, apparently, there's uh, it can be uh, very uh, lucrative in some of the fantasy leagues, man. It depending on how far you go and you know how you how the players that you pick advance. I don't. Re- I understand some aspects of it, but I, I've never played every year. I keep saying that I'm going to. But I hadn't gotten around to it. Yeah, I think it's 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 uh it's good to keep track of stuff, and it's uh, if, you, if your team's you know um, having a bad season, uh, investing your time into a fantasy football league is probably a better way to enjoy uh, the 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 sport because you know once once your team disqualifies itself from uh, the playoffs or anything else, you're not going to be able to really enjoy it unless you've got another angle. Right. With which to do that, you know, uh, and then you add the gambling aspect to it, and it's a whole other thing. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I like college basketball is because I just really enjoy the game. And then when March Madness starts, I may pick a team, but if that team gets knocked out, it really don't matter. I just move to another team, <laughs> and then uh, I'll pick who I pick who I think is going to win the national championship game. Because you know, as you're filling out your brackets, man, every year my bracket get busted in the first game. <laughs> so, yeah, so it don't matter, man. It's just a matter of just really enjoying the sport and just watching and having fun. And uh, speaking about football, on my show. I mentioned. I just happened to mention that I don't like political correctness, and we were talking about the Washington Commanders. Is that what they call them now? <laughs> I said I'll never call them the Washington. I'm just saying that for sake for conversation right now. I'm, they're always yeah. going to be the Washington Redskins to me, and so I think they're called the Wooden Nickels. Right, it might as well be. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so I, last week I said when I come into the studio, I'm wearing Washington Redskins. I still have a Washington Redskins shirt, and so yeah. unfortunately, we went, when we went to the studio, the the owner had a death in the family, and so the studios were locked up. I didn't get a chance to do my show yesterday, but I did put on the Washington Redskins shirt, and so it was. I had an interesting evening all day yesterday. Everywhere I went, man, people. Were, I had to explain to her, look, I'm not a Washington Redskins fan. I was getting ready to make a political <laughs> or, 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 or statement about political correctness. And so I have an internet show. I mean, over and over, I me. Mean, I walked in to go get chicken. And yeah, black people do eat chicken. <laughs> and the guy's like, hey, man, you can't come in here with this T-shirt on. So I was like, man, I'm not. I, everywhere I go, I'm not a fan trying to make a statement. You know, they're not going to be commanders to me they're always going to be the redskins so it, it was a trip all day yesterday you know that logo was designed by a native american as a tribute to the native americans right and uh, they found that whole thing to be an honor to them to call them the redskins right uh and said so that's why they participated in that and so uh i think it was the son or the grandson of, of the artist uh, had taken the television and started complaining how they are devaluing uh, the work of his uh, of his family and right. and of his tribe. You know, so it's it's uh, it's a shame that uh, uh, you know these kinds of things are going on. I mean, you you got uh, you got rid of Uncle Ben, right? You got rid of Aunt Jemima, 
You know, it's crazy and, uh, about all the black. The only thing that's left is the Quaker Oats guy. You know, right. so that's I mean, they took all the black people off of the off of the products, <laughs> but they left the white people. Man, you know, yeah. white people that want to be politically correct and say that's not a, a representation of us. You know, so and the sad thing is, <laughs> all the black people that they had on these products that you just mentioned, families were getting paid by the companies, but once they yes. have removed those images, now you don't now you don't have to pay the families anymore. Same thing with the uh, Washington Redskins. I think. They were donating a lot of money to the uh, Indian tribes, you know, per mm-hmm. first season. But now, once now that they're the commanders, they know they no longer have to uh, make those donations or voluntary contributions that they were making in the past. And so, you know, in one sense, you think you are uh, you have a victory on, you know, but on the other hand, uh, people are suffering because they were reaping the benefits for the uh, use of that image. Yes. So, uh, what's their logo look like now? It's a big W, I think it is. <laughs> it's just a W on the chest, like. <laughs> so I, yeah, but I'm always not until the day I die. They go be the Redskins. Matter of fact, when I was watching football this past weekend, the uh, the people in the broadcast booth kept calling them the Redskins. So I don't know if they're going to have a meeting, you know, and say, look. <laughs> You can't say that anymore. And going forward, you have to make sure you call them the commanders. But and now the, you know, the POTUS is now talking about the Braves can't use that name. And, you know, that they're the next ones that's going to go up, man. So who is going to be, man? It's going to be uh, Flo- we are Washington commanders. Is it going to be Florida? You know, because uh, a lot of the Florida take Seminoles. And mm-hmm. how far are we going to go with this? Man? You know. So it, we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what goes on in the sports world, man. It's just you know everybody just have a state name blank. You know the Dallas blank. You know can you? Yeah. You know Cowboys. You know spend it, it, You know birds. the vegans are going to complain about the Cowboys, right? <laughs> you know, you know birds gonna start flying out the sky. We don't. You know you can't call us the Eagles no more. So all right, how far is it going to go, man? So I, I don't think. You know, Maybe the, the, the political rec- correctness thing is ruining the country, if you ask me. So. Well, it's it's uh, well, it's what I think of it is is like uh, that old saying: "The road to hell is paved with good intentions." Right. And there's a lot of good intentions in what they mean to do, but they don't look at the consequences of the actions and how that might adversely affect uh, other people. So there's a there's a blindness that comes to it, and it's the uh, um, blind adherence to it, with zero exception and no debate. I think is that's the real problem that we've got going on here. So, I mean, we we should be able to talk about it. You know, I, I you think back to uh, you know how many people that they actually burned at the stake for saying that the Earth circled the sun. Right. You know, they didn't, they never came back and went, oh, my bad. Right. You know, <laughs> sprinkle some water on them. Let's see if we can't revive and we, I, my, my bad. <laughs> but, you know, they pr- protecting, you know, protecting the status quo, uh, you have to be able to have debate. And if you're introducing new ideas, you also have to have a debate. You know, the uh, James Webb telescope um, found a galaxy on basically the other side of time. Now let me let me break this down to you, okay? It um, it looks at infrared waves, and the longer the red wave is, the further back in time you're looking. So right. they've estimated, based on the measurements that they've taken from these galaxies, how far back they can look up until the point of the Big Bang. Right. Okay, so they can look back into the past to see at the almost the moment of of the Big Bang. Right. What they have found is that on the other side of that is a galaxy and that galaxy is fully formed like something that should be closer in the big bang. So either they're looking back to the other side of the big bang or the way they calculate and look at the big bang is incorrect. Okay. So they've decided that what they're looking at isn't real. And they must be looking at it wrong because right. the Big Bang <laughs> is what it is, even though it's a theory. Right. Uh, that right now is 
is the sun circling the earth right. in our time period. That's the example. And, and what they've got to do now is expand their understanding of the Big Bang to account for something that they can't account for with the way they look at things now. So, um, yeah, see, people are always trying to look for a way to discount, you know, something. You know, one theory is, uh, supersedes another theory. It's like diets, man. In a, in a, <laughs> what I was growing up in, every now and then, it's just use the egg, man. Every now and then, you get different information about the egg. Egg is America's wonder food, right? It's good for everything. You know, <laughs> nothing can go wrong with an egg. Now you get a uh, US lady that come out, man, egg will just raise your cholesterol astronomically high if you eat an egg you're dying six months man and now it's come full circle to now i just had some articles in my notebook that i was going to do on the uh on my show the wonderful benefits of eggs right so you can never tell what is what because as soon as they establish something they'll come back with a new theory of why that theory is not right man you know you can go with anything from climate change to global warming you know i can put up uh magazine articles where he was talking about the earth was going to freeze in a number of years you know so oh yeah we're past the point where we're supposed to have that ice age happen yeah and it's supposed to happen on, on in several times and then it came up with global warming the most interesting thing about global warming to me warming i'm sorry was uh when cheryl crow and a couple other entertainers were traveling around the world to promote it Everywhere they went, it snowed, which I thought was <laughs> the most <laughs> ironic thing, man. Everywhere they went, talking about global warming, it snowed. So, and now this, they come up with a genius plan that you can't, you can't really uh, diffuse. You know, diffuse because now they just call it climate change. What day that you wake up anywhere in the world that the climate doesn't change? So you can't really argue that. That's the state of Texas right there. You know, if you, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It's always changing. You know, changing in the winter you can have all four seasons in a day. I I saw an article saying that uh, if you think this summer, if you think you're getting a respite from the heat that happened over the summer, just remember that after winter, climate change will return. Right. I, uh, I remember when they were called seasons. Right. You know, exactly. next thing you know, yeah. uh, summer's going to be replaced with global warming and winter's going to be replaced with ice age. Exactly. So you got to prepare for the ice age and start getting your winter clothes together. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess it's something to be said for being somewhat prepared for any situation, you know, having a yeah. little water, some, you know, some food staples that can you can carry you maybe a month or two out, man. But there are some people who are extreme with it. But. I'll say, Ben, anytime they start talking about all that, my my thing is everything is cyclical. You know, yes. we have cycles, and sometimes the cycles are extreme. Sometimes they fall within the norm. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's built into the system. It happens, man. But people are using that for uh, to control people, which, you know, we can get off into all kind of things of that nature, man, which is one of the things I think what the COVID was used for my personal opinion. I thought it was a trial balloon <clears throat> to see if we can control these people. And it worked masterfully. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, it's just those things that, uh, maybe, maybe just my way of thinking, I just don't accept anything just because you said, man, you know, I, I'll do a little research. I'll try to find some opposing opinions. I, I just like, mm -hmm. we should be able to debate. Now you don't have to believe yeah. No, no. Debating and then you know, let people make their own choices. Like, you know, go back to COVID when that came out. I mean, even to this day, if you say something anti what the establishment says is, you know, right, man, they'll come after you. They'll shut you down. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I think there comes a point in time when uh, if you don't agree with somebody, you should be able to have some sort of jumping off point where, like you said, agree to disagree. But that's not the case anymore. No. But uh, in the case of uh, uh, this show, if I ever run across somebody who I, uh, you know, have that problem with, I've got this little thing uh, to drop and change the subject. Check this out. My way's clearly better. Boringer and deader. Let's, Let's agree, agree to, to disagree. disagree. <laughs> I like that, man. That, <laughs> that is really good. Man. I should have something like that. That's pretty. I'll cool. pass it on to you. I'll, I'll see if I can get it to you. All right. But yeah, but it's, when we were growing up, 
in school, we were taught to question everything. Yes. Don't believe me because I said it. Don't believe me because you read it out of this book through your own mm -hmm. investigation, your own research. If what I'm saying is true, we're both applying ourselves at the same point. Because sometimes our teachers would deliberately teach us something that was not right just to test us and see if we were going to go out and do the research and prove them wrong. Sometimes they would do mm -hmm. Now, if I say it, it's the gospel. Believe it. No questions. You know, and uh, that's what I like about a lot of young people that are coming up these days that are starting to challenge a lot of these things. And so, uh, but they, they have a duality in the classroom. They, they know the truth, but they answer the questions according to what the teachers are teaching so they can get a good grade. But they do know what the truth is. And so I was watching a young man uh, just a couple of days ago that was challenging the system. He's like, you know, I know the truth, but y'all trying to teach me, y'all trying to indoctrinate me. And so because of this, I'm leaving this system and I'm going to another system. And he said, the one thing you guys will regret, he said, because I'm going to be somebody. And he said, the one thing you guys will regret is that I will not be able to call myself an alumnus of this institution because I can't agree with what y'all teach it, which I thought was, it was brilliant the way he put it. And so I, I like to see young people come up and challenge the system. I hope more of them do. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's all you're always better off if you can uh, figure out your own way or figure out other ways of, of getting at uh, whatever the truth might be. You right. know, without having to be uh, pinned down to this is this is the only way. This is the only way. This is right. the only way. You know, yeah, um, I saw an interview with a girl who um at the age of 13 decided to transition and uh, she said that her parents were faced with uh, uh, an impossible choice because once they sought help from the professionals right. um they told them that uh what, what do you want uh, a live son or a dead daughter or right. something to that effect you know meaning that uh if they went against the grain and didn't let this child transition at the age of 13 then uh she would die by her own hand right because uh, there's a, a a tremendous percentage of people in that community that do die by suicide right so they went through the whole thing and they got to the point where uh she was uh, given the puberty blockers and she was giving the uh testosterone and she uh had a mastectomy at the age of 16 right. and they were they were getting ready to, to finalize the last thing and she realized this is a mistake for herself right okay and and there was nobody to help her from that point on the whole system turned on her okay right. they they felt like she was indoctrinated uh that she'd been brainwashed and and the doctors have nothing else to, to offer from that point on if if you decide you're not going to continue with this the support system is gone uh you're on your own have a nice life and right. that to me seemed to be the saddest thing that you're not providing uh the the, the system that that has been created for this is is not providing for people to change their minds. Right. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, you know, you ask anybody at 13 what, they, what they're going to be when they're grown up, you know. Um, my, I asked my son, you know, when he was eight, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said either some kind of chemical engineer or a millionaire. And I thought to myself, right. great, he's going to be, uh, he's gonna be uh, cooking meth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the the point is, is that you know there's there's a drasticness from one side to the other. You could, I'm a cow. I'm going to be a cowboy or a, or a you know a millionaire, or or I'll be uh, an astronaut. You know, right. which that's only going to happen for one person, Elon Musk or one of these other rich guys. Right. <laughs> so you're knowing the fact as a scientific medical professional, knowing the fact that the human brain doesn't finish developing until you're 28, it is vastly unreasonable to think that any decision made at the age of eight or 13 or 15 or 16 right. is a permanent choice that needs to be enforced, uh, you know, for, for life. Right. I mean, imagine all the cowboys right. that we would have to have, you know, Right. All the kids uh, pushed into the cooking system because they want to be a chef, you know, Mwah. 
because right. they saw Ratatouille. Uh, right. So I don't know. I just I, I just find it horrific yeah. that uh, yeah, the these things go down. In the illustration that you just gave for this young lady, is she can't reverse. You know, she just mutilated her body, and now she has mm -hmm. to live with that for the rest of her life. And also, another tragic part of the story is, like you said, you know, when she was doing what the system said was okay this is what we're transitioning toward they were going way out of their way to help her and facilitate her but as soon as she said oh, i don't think this is a good idea now you don't now you don't you don't win against their system now you don't you mm -hmm. know, you're somebody that can say ah not everybody is, should do this maybe they should wait till after the 18 or 25 or whenever to make this decision now you you know you're discrediting everything about what they believe so now they want to be hands off and they they really don't care what happens to you at that point. And then you mentioned that people in that particular mindset are subject to suicide. Now she's even more so because she's stuck and there's nothing she can do about it. Yeah. I mean, are, are you going to force people to go into professional boxing just because they're in the golden gloves? Right. You know, uh, not everybody who plays uh, uh, college ball is going to make it to the pros. Not everybody who plays high school ball or um, goes into college ball. Not everybody who plays middle school ball goes into high school ball. Right. I mean, so, you know, you, you have to allow for the, the human body and the human experience to experience everything. Right. You know, if she still feels that way at, at 18, 19, there are courses of action to take, you know, right. and you, and you are in some states legally an adult and, and, and able to do that. And then, you know, go ahead on, make that grown up decision when you're a grown up, you know, but, um, you know, if somebody is, is talking to you about it and you're a little kid in school, um, you can be talked into something or another because you're there to learn. Right. You go into the school and you're, you're, you're told, listen to your teachers, pay attention, listen to what they're doing, learn what they're teaching you, because that's where they're there to teach. But they wind up, I think, overstepping bounds and introducing ideas that will ultimately be harmful one way or the other. You know, um, if, if you know that 25 percent of a given population has uh, a tendency towards suicide. Why would you want to introduce children to that? Right. That's true. Okay. And now uh, I think uh, she gave a percentage uh, that was over 100%. Uh, I mean, it's like a thousand percent increase or something like that of kids that uh, are in that uh, realm of transitioning that, that feel they are no longer in the binary system of male and female in schools. And, this, you know, you would think because of all of the acceptance, because of all of the medical procedures, because of all of the encouraging parents and, and the, uh, um, the just sheer acceptance of this type of lifestyle in society as a whole, that that uh, uh, suicide number would go down. And it has not. Right. And you might think that it, you might think that, well, it just stayed the same. Well, no, it didn't, because the numbers have increased, you know, five percent of 10 is a small number, but 5% of 10,000 is a much larger number than 5% of 10. Right. You know, the, the interesting thing about this conversation, man, and I pray, you know, that you're blessed to have this go out over more than what's listening right now. But the interesting thing about the conversation that we're having right now is this is a, a a dangerous conversation to have because we can both find ourselves in trouble because we're going against the establishment, you know, because of what we believe. We're rational people. We were taught to be rational people. You know, we believe that parents are in control of their children until such time as they reach the legal age of adulthood and they can make their own decisions. We believe that you should be able to have open debate, question everything. But that's not what society believes. And as a result, man, you can find yourself in some serious trouble. I find that uh, anybody that knows me know that I'm a conservative, right? And so when I listen to the show, I, I don't hide that fact. And so I have a friend of mine who's uh, not a conservative. And so, but we're the best of friends. And he's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we often, one day, 
we was talking and just out of the blue, he's like, Didi, man, I get a lot of the people that we grow up with said they just don't understand you. Why do you, you know, have this ideology? Why do you do things the way that you do? And, you know, it just, it's just, I'm not following what traditional black people do. And so it, it frustrates a lot of the people that I grew up with. And a lot of them really, only reason they're kind of hanging out with me because of the, 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 the history, you know, I've known a lot of these people since I was like eight, nine years old. So he said, look, he said, my response to them is always this. He said, y'all looking at him as a conservative and the way he votes and stuff like that. He said, I see his heart. He said, Didi is always looking for what's best for anybody. And he said, uh, I'll give you an, ex uh, an example. He said, Didi went down to protest the Gina Sitch Gina Six situation, but he didn't find him on the Capitol on January the 6th. And so he gave that as an example to show, you know, that, okay, he's not perfect, but he's not the crazy guy that y'all trying to make him out to be. But there was a time where it was okay to be whatever. Yet there again, it goes back to, let's talk about it. You know, why do you feel the way you feel? You know, let me tell you why I feel the way that I feel. And then you go back to that, that, I wouldn't call it a happy medium, but it's a place where you can, you know, hang your head and be okay with, you know, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. As, as far as January 6th, I think, uh, I, I don't like the way that they're handling it, but they are handling it. Right. And the reason I say that they are handling it is because uh, there were two acquittals and two convictions. Right. Okay. Which means they're looking at the evidence and they're seeing what's going on and they're sorting it out because not everybody there was uh, the horns wearing guy, right. you know, not everybody there was, was uh, swinging uh, Confederate flags and uh, quite a few, just a small fraction of them right. actually had some kind of weapon. Um, and there's some questions about who those people were and they're right. looking into that, you know, and, and sometimes the system is, is, is wrong in how they look at things. Right. But if they ultimately come up to the correct answer, then, you know, then the, the system seems to be working. I mean, the one guy that did get convicted uh, bought weapons and shipped them out that way. He right. didn't actually go, but he shipped weapons out there. And those weapons were found. And those people, you know, I think ine inevitably will be on trial, too. Yeah. Um, should they all be in solitary confinement? I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, uh, you know, the ones that did get off, you know, were held in that same system, too. So yeah. uh, they're, they're looking at it. You know, uh, the the last guy was impeached twice. Uh, right. did, it, did they follow through with it? Did they find anything wrong during the uh, uh, Russia investigation? No, right. no. They, they They found no evidence of wrongdoing. Right. And, and over and above that, then, you know, the judges and stuff that signed these Pfizer warrants said upon uh, the new information that we have now, we never would have signed those warrants. It never would have been an issue to begin with. And I look at, you know, going back to January 6th and that I look across the broader landscape of what's been going on in the country. In one instance, you're going way out of your way to be prosecutory and you know, make sure people do time. You flip the uh, script and then they have a people doing other things. Man, look at the no cash bail and uh, how rapid the crime is going in society now. Not only is there no cash bail, but you're not even prosecuting these people. So how can you justify letting all these people get away with all of these heinous crimes? I was watching a story last night where a guy in New York literally stumped a woman almost to death man, and nobody did anything. Mm -hmm. But you got people that was on the Capitol who have not been released. You know, they've been there since January the 6th. How do you justify that? You know, no you, cash bail. Yeah. You got, <laughs> if it's no cash bail, they should be out, you know, so. So why 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 aren't they afforded that opportunity? You have all the information, you know. So let them, you know, go home, continue their lives. And if you just like uh, what is the uh, grand jury? Look, present the case, uh, the evidence to the grand jury. If you got enough to try this person, then you mm -hmm. know who you are. You know how to find them. Go get them. Yeah, the, the uh, prosecutors are not going to be going after uh, gets. 
Um, they took down his partner, uh, the guy that was working with him, and that guy's getting prosecuted, but they're not going to be going after him. Um, they said there wasn't uh, significant evidence to warrant uh, yeah. prosecuting him. So um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think uh, I, I think the whole raid was a fishing trip. And uh, I don't think that they are playing above board because the master, the special master, had decided to, for them to account for everything. And they came up with different numbers right. than what they were putting out. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, some of these uh, folders that were labeled type secret that we were showing you, uh, some of them were empty. Right, right. Didn't have beautiful nothing in stuff. it. The beautiful thing about the conversations that we have is, you know, we both have a background in uh, comedy and uh, I've done some acting. You produce some films, you know, and it's one of the reasons that I like this conversation as well as my show. We could have spent the whole hour talking about comedy, but we just let the conversation go where it goes. And that's what I like yeah. about just having a general conversation, because if you're having a general conversation, you cover a gambit of topics and, you know, and like I said, you can agree or disagree. You know, there may be points of contentions if we went further along in the conversation, but mm -hmm. wise enough and intelligent enough to go, okay, well, that's not how I feel, you know, yeah. Gonna, well, I don't agree with this particular point, but you know, same thing. I go back to my friend whose whose name is Larry Davis. There are a lot of things that we don't agree on, but what we do agree on is that we're friends and whatever it is that we disagree on, yeah, we just disagree on. We're gonna continue that relationship. I mean, this dude is one of the best best guys I know in my life. And uh, I feel blessed to have him in a relationship. And if I went through some of the history of things that happened between us. You would go, oh man, that's a good man. That's a good man. You know, well, so, just from what you told me, I know he's got your back because he defended you against uh, your other friends. Right, <laughs> right. So, but it's, so, it's the beauty. It's the beauty of conversation. I wish, I wish, what we're doing now could be emulated throughout the country instead of you are you're the devil because you're this or you're evil because you're that no okay i believe it's that's in the things that i see there are questions that i have there are perceptions that i have that cause me to believe what i believe the same thing is said of you mm -hmm. mm -hmm. let's get together and have these conversations now we're not going to agree on on a lot of things but there's somewhere that yeah. we do agree as a matter of fact one of my former co-hosts you know is a the complete opposite of me. And it used to bring like a, a point of contention on the show sometimes. And so I decided to kind of test him without him being aware that I was testing him. So I asked him some general questions about what he believes. And when I did, turns out nine out of 10, he believed the way that I did. But once you put a label on it, he rejected yes. it. That's the one thing that, that that really disturbs me is the fact that you can label somebody something and by doing so, you dismiss every single word that comes out of their mouth so exactly. that there's there, nothing has merit. But if uh, if you're out there and you like this conversation and you want to hear more of uh, D.D. Ingram, the D.D. Ingram show consists of uh, four inspiring personalities with Hollywood appeal and a dynamic message. This show is family friendly and has gained great reviews. Uh, tell tell people uh, when they can find and listen to the D.D. Ingram show. It's always every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, you can also just type in D.D. Ingram show on Facebook and you can scroll the archives and just listen to any particular show. Or you can go to uh, the Fishbowl website, which is www.fbrn.us. There you'll get the uh, audio version. But I always say just on Facebook, just type in DD. It's the simplest way. DD Ingram Show. And it'll pull it up. You'll get the live broadcast. Plus, you get a chance to see how handsome I am or how beautiful my wife is, how handsome my nephew is. You can interact <laughs> with us, all of that. So it's it's great. And uh, before I go, thank you for the the invite, man. I I'm telling you, I had a blast today, and look forward to one day in the future coming back. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And if uh, you ever find an opportunity, and I happen to be uh, around, maybe I'll just drop by the Fishbowl Network and uh, <clears throat> have a conversation with you guys. You know, and bring one of my masks. Any Tuesday, man. Any Tuesday that you find yourself free from five to seven, like, hey, drop in, man. I, I love to have you, man, because we have history and uh, we have a, a very good, very good uh, relationship. 
Thanks a lot for coming, Didi. I really appreciate it. It's been a great show. Yes, uh, speaking of which, this show was brought to you by DMRhosting.com, the business plan. Uh, boasts unlimited data storage, unlimited data transfer, antivirus, and spam protection, along with 24-7-365 support via chat or phone for all, all for four forty nine. Uh, excuse me, four forty five a month. Get started today with a thirty day free trial at dmrhosting.com. dmrhosting.com. Thanks again, folks, Thank for being you. here, and. Uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow when we talk to uh, Tammy Anderson. And on Friday, a special guest, uh, actress, producer, writer, Ella Morrow will be here. So uh, go out and have yourselves a great day. Uh, go.